Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, August 22nd. We are here live. It is a free-for-all today. We've got no guests. We've got no theme. Whatever you want to talk about today, if you've got a question, a comment, a topic, anything goes, pick up the phone. The lines are wide open right now. 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. I have a bunch of stuff today, but it's just all over the board. Just a bunch of odds and ends I've been collecting and want to talk about. But uh, your calls are more important, so line them up, and we will get to those calls here pretty quickly. Eight five five nine five zero three eight three five. All right, let's get the. Uh, Let's get the bad news out of the way, all the, uh, the industry and economy news. Uh, looking at uh, Noel Perry's report on both MDI and rates. Uh, it's interesting because MDI and rates right now are declining. They've been going down each week and they're declining towards normal levels. Normal going back to years where nothing unusual was going on we go back to kind of a typical year in trucking i'm thinking like 2017 probably 2016 i think was pretty normal the problem is we shouldn't be heading down the way we've been and it doesn't look like it's going to stop uh we should know within the next couple weeks but um the last sentence that noel put in his report was i remain pessimistic i don't think he believes this is this decline is going to stop it looks like it's just going to continue to drop and right now it shouldn't be based on uh the season we're in uh let me just get this one out of the way so i can clear this off my list don't forget it is august you've got uh Just a little bit more than a week or so to file your 2290. It's due by the, it's got to be postmarked by the 31st or however you're doing it this year. Uh, Just make sure you get it done. Cross that one off the list. Um, This was an interesting headline I saw in Freight Waves when, you know, Noel Perry says he remains pessimistic. Then I see an article in Freight Waves, Chicken Little is proved to be an optimist. Um, Volumes somehow find room for further decline. Um, Typically in August, we see freight heading up. Volumes going up, rates usually follow, but that's not happening um last week that they were just completely flat this week they're actually getting worse so the the news on the rates and volume not good but it's what we expected we we knew this was coming we've been talking about it for a long time these cycles always come we're a little more worried about this one just because there's so many unknowns. I keep hearing this term record breaking and it's not in a good way. So we're here. It, it's here. There's no more. This doesn't look like it's any kind of a head fake or the economy is going to come roaring back again like it's happened a couple times. I think we're in for some pretty rough financial times for a while. 
and hopefully you've gotten yourself prepared. And if not, it's never too late. Uh, Lots of things you can do to improve your financial situation. One of the best indicators of this how you're doing really. And I've talked about it many times. I know a lot of people have got on board and they're doing this. I wish a lot more would. Go to mint.com. It's free. I can't believe this program has been free for as long as I can remember. It's still free. It's an awesome program. You don't have to deal with a lot of ads or anything. I really don't know. Well, this, this, software is put out by mint i'm sorry it is mint it's put out by intuit the same company that makes TurboTax and quickbooks and quicken and all those programs uh actually intuit is by far hands down one of the longest running software companies i've been dealing with i started using the original version of quicken i think it came out in the 80s Um, I'm pretty sure if I wasn't using Quicken in the 80s, it was certainly 1990 or right around there. Um, Not long after that, a couple years later, they came out with their first version of QuickBooks. Quicken was their personal finance. And back then, you know, I modified it, used it to run a business. And then they came out with QuickBooks. I've been using QuickBooks ever since. We still use QuickBooks today. Uh, This company has been around a long time. I used when I did uh, tax returns. I didn't use TurboTax, but Intuit makes a professional version, which was uh, a great program as well. Mint.com, completely free, always has been just an amazing program. So it is the easiest way by far to get all of your personal finance in one place and be able to see it and get the big picture. So the way it works is really simple. Any financial account that you can log into online, you can put into Mint. So all you need is a login. Now, people freak out. I don't want all my personal information and it's already out there. All of your information is already online, whether you put it there or not. Your bank put it there, your insurance company put it there, everybody you deal with, your information is online. The good news about Mint, I could give you all my login right now because there's nothing you can do with my money. All you can do is see the data. You have no access to the money whatsoever. Now, if I gave you my login, you could delete my accounts out of Mint. It wouldn't matter. But that's it's it's safe. So don't worry about that part of it. But any account. So if you have a bank account that can be attached and then all of your transactions get pulled in automatically and categorized. You have to fix a few things, but that's been getting better and better all the time. Credit cards, car loans, mortgages, uh, investment accounts, retirement accounts, the value of your home, the value of all of your cars. You just put in the information and Mint does an awesome job of keeping everything updated. It goes and checks with sites like Zillow to keep a value on your home. It checks with uh, Kelly Blue Book and other services to keep a correct value on your vehicles. All of your financial information is there 
and you can see it in one snapshot. And the number that you, we really look at is your net worth. And the goal is just to keep making your net worth bigger. That's the goal. And when your net worth gets big enough, then you really don't have to worry too much about money anymore. That's a good place to be. But you will be amazed at how much easier it is to manage your money when you can see it, when it all makes sense. You can see how much debt you have. You can see how much cash you have. And I recommend starting your day looking at these numbers. But you got to go get it set up. Getting it set up takes a little bit of time, but it's really not that big of a deal. Just get all of your financial accounts in one place, get your logins, and before you know it, you'll have this set up, you'll have this number in front of you, and it's just like every other goal. When you focus on it, when you pay attention to it, it'll get better, I promise. All right, what... uh what else we got here for industry news? Um, I'm shocked that I'm reading this article. I completely disagree with this. Um, this is from Commercial Carrier Journal. I used to write for them too. Uh, Given sky high repair costs, use truck warranties more valuable than ever. There's a problem with that headline. When you say they're more valuable than ever, I don't believe they've ever been valuable. I think these are a horrible idea. Now, every once in a while, you'll hear that story of, oh my God, if I wouldn't have had that warranty, I would have been out of business. Well, that might be, but if you're depending on one of these warranty companies to keep you in business, that's an awful big risk. You need to be able to manage and handle your maintenance costs yourself. That's how this should work. And if you have to depend on one of these warranty companies, one, you're, you're taking a huge risk because these companies are known for not paying things off and fighting and taking their time. And if this is your business model that you need these extended warranties in order to cover your maintenance costs, you've already got a problem. You're telling me you can't stay in business without this additional insurance, which costs more money, which drives your cost up. And that's the last thing we need to be doing in a market like this. I don't like these in any market. Let's think about this business model for just a second. You have a repair bill in your hand and it's a thousand dollars. Let's just use a number. If you pay all of your own maintenance cost, the transaction's over. You pay $1,000, you're done. That's the total cost. But now if you have one of these warranty companies and you decide, oh, wait a minute, the warranty is supposed to cover this. So now you hand your $1,000 bill to them. They pay it. How do they make money? There, there has to be a new cost here. There's a new expense. You just created another expense by having this warranty and that warranty company has to make money. So somehow they have to collect more than a thousand dollars from somebody. So can there be some winners in here? Will somebody actually get repairs paid off more than what they paid in in premiums? Some will, but most can't. If, it, if they did, this wouldn't work. 
So this is just a bad idea because it just drives cost up. And now when costs are through the roof and we have to watch every penny, these are a really bad idea. So to say they're more valuable than ever, I couldn't disagree more. And I've been saying this for years and years, and I just don't get very many people who call me and say, oh, no, but my warranty saved me. Yeah, they don't. Go back and look at how much money you paid for your warranty and how much money the warranty actually paid back. And the odds are we know the numbers. More people have to lose this game than win. Otherwise, these warranty companies can't stay in business. We have we have all the admin. They have to hire people. To, it's just just doesn't even make sense this isn't how inch this isn't insurance this is something completely different i just think it's a really bad idea especially now uh the other day i have some more odds and ends here the other day i talked about a um, a fedex contractor one of their big multi-truck contractors that he created an event i think it's coming up in las vegas sounds like a uh a uh, pretty successful group this guy's put together, like an association co-op kind of thing. Um, but he was actually talking about trying to go and negotiate with FedEx, like uh, collective bargaining kind of thing. I said, I think it's a horrible idea. I like his idea of having an association creating programs, helping other contractors. I think there's a huge market for that. And I think that's a great idea. But when you take it to the level of now we're going to go negotiate collective bargaining with FedEx, I would be out of there in a heartbeat. And the article I'm reading today is exactly about that. Several other big FedEx contractors came out and said, hey, yeah, we really don't agree with this. Uh, you go negotiate your own contracts. Again, putting together a co-op, a buying group, um, an association that educates, I think those are awesome ideas. But you got to stay away from that whole idea of you're going to use that leverage against FedEx. I think it's a really bad idea. And a lot of other contractors obviously thought the same thing. Um, Many of them Uh, mentioned they're actually pulling out of that event. They don't want to support that idea. And they made some good points that FedEx, this model's been around for a long time. Um, I started with FedEx in the 80s and it it sold my contract in 2012. Um, Went through several ups and downs there and managed just fine. Uh, It's actually one of the better places to be in a downturn. Now, when when rates were booming and people were bragging about $4 plus a mile, I still see some people getting those rates. Um, Then it was a little hard when you were there and you were on a fixed um, revenue model. You knew you could only make so much, but it was enough and it's quite a bit and it's plenty to get you through the bad times. So uh, I tend to agree with this group of contractors. Uh, Calls are starting to come in. I'm going to finish up uh, some of my notes here. So if you want to jump in now is the time 855-950-3835. One more thing from the industry. I had some health news. I think I'm going to hold off on that. Um, I'll get to some calls instead. But one more piece of news from the industry. 
Tesla semi appears closer to production with release of new details. So it looks like we may actually see some Tesla semis on the road by the end of this year. Actually, a little earlier. The last prediction they made was sometime in 2023. Looks like we might actually see some of these trucks. Frito-Lay may get some of the earliest trucks. I think they have 15 on order and... I believe that they have also built a supercharger on their premise. Uh, Some new information, actually some changes to the specs, some interesting pictures. The, uh, The original Tesla truck, they told us it would have four electric motors, one at each wheel position, and it was a thousand horsepower. There's an update now. It's got three motors and they're not giving us the horsepower. I don't know if anything's changed. If not, we could assume it's 750 horsepower. It seemed like they were 250 horsepower motors and you had four of them. Now you have three. They are still claiming a zero to 60 in about 20 seconds. That's at fully loaded weights. That's the, and they used 82,000 pounds. I'm not sure why, but um, that's pretty incredible acceleration. In fact, we're going to have to be careful. Um, either this truck's going to have to kind of monitor its own acceleration, which it could, and, and uh, adjust for that, or we're going to have to start securing freight a whole lot better. Um, this is interesting. I was just talking about Mint. And I got uh, my watch, my Garmin watch gives me all my notices. I just got a notice from Mint about my credit score. Yeah, it it also tracks and monitors your credit score. I forgot about that piece. There's just, there's really a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, So back to the the truck. Uh, We do have some new information about it. They took the pricing down uh, and they haven't put anything new up yet. The original pricing, they had a uh, lower range model. They were recommending for more final mile local work. It was at about a 300 mile range. That one was priced earlier at 150000 And then they had a 500 mile range that was 180000 They say that the three motors, the range hasn't changed but they don't they haven't put a new price up so we're still expecting 500 miles on the initial charge and i believe you can get a 70 percent charge in 30 minutes so 70 percent of 500 uh let's see we lose what uh 150 so i guess we get a a second range of about 350 miles so if you think about this if we had chargers out there that's the biggest issue right now if we had chargers out there and their truck truly gets this range now that's going to be an average in really cold temperatures that's going to go down if you're you know trying to run from Denver to Southern California, you're going to have a a shorter range with all those long poles in there. But we'd be looking at 500 miles initially. We take our 30 minute break, which we have to take anyway. If there were chargers, we'd have another 350 miles. That's 850 miles. The only 
you know, the only place it wouldn't work would be a team, really, because you'd lose some team time if you have to stop and charge over and over and over. But right now, if, if there were chargers, that range seems doable, really doable. 850 miles a day. But we'll see. Um, they are sticking with the cab design, which is really unique. If you haven't seen the view from inside this cab, it's um, it's pretty incredible. And it's still, the, the truck does have outside mirrors. I'm, sh- I'm shocked that uh, Tesla hasn't gotten a, an exemption on this because I know the FMCSA is now giving exemptions. It has the mirrors, but you've also got, when you're sitting in the truck, you sit in the center. You're not on the left side or the right side if you're across the pond. You're right in the middle of the vehicle and right in the middle of your lane. You have two video screens to your left and right of the steering wheel. And they're showing all kinds of cameras. But in this picture, two of the cameras, two of the screens, you're seeing your mirrors. What would be in your mirrors? So let's get rid of the damn mirrors because efficiency is really important in electric trucks. We're not talking about diesel fuel mileage anymore, but we want to maximize the efficiency of, a, of an electric truck. One of the ways they're able to beat diesel-powered trucks is in aerodynamics. That's why this truck looks so weird, because it can look weird. You didn't have to build the truck around a big engine and cooling system, and we don't have to worry nearly as much about airflow to cool engines. There is a cooling system in this truck, I believe. I haven't been able to find a lot of details yet. But the, the aerodynamics are far superior to what we see in trucks today. And that's important because that increases our range. So I think we'll see these mirrors probably disappear pretty quickly because they've already got a pretty amazing um, camera system on here from what I'm seeing. What uh, they are, they are also claiming that it will maintain highway speeds up a 5% grade. That's pretty impressive. We don't have many trucks on the road today that will do that. That's fully loaded. Fully loaded, 82,000 pounds. I don't know why they're using that weight. Um, Maintain highway speed up a 5% grade. Here's another claim that Tesla is making. Um, This may be true now. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go do some math. I'm assuming it is, but I don't know how long this will last. Uh, right now, they are actually claiming that electricity will be two and a half times cheaper than the price of diesel measured in California between February and July. Now, that's important because that sounds impressive two and a half times cheaper but that's based on california's price it's easier to be cheaper when you're comparing to california some of the most expensive fuel in the country but two and a half times that's that is impressive granted they're using california and it it won't last the more demand we put with electric vehicles the more electricity is going to go up eventually um, we are going to have to tax 
these electric vehicles for road taxes. That's going to add cost. So that that big savings, they're claiming uh, $200,000 savings over three years. That's huge. In fact, I got a I'm going to have to dig into those numbers because I'm not sure that that's actually uh, even possible. Um, so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But that's the most recent information. We finally got some. Let's see. Was there anything else in here? I think that was about it uh, as far as new details. We will keep an eye on that. All right. I think that was all the industry news I had. Um I had some other things here, kind of odds and ends. I was going to talk about koala bears, but uh, I'm not sure how many of you would be interested in that. Uh, I've got some news on the garden. I may do a new garden tour this week. Uh, Some information about the CDC. What else did I have in here? Uh, You know what? I think I'll take a phone call. We'll find out what's on your mind. I'll come back to some of this other stuff if... uh, if we don't have calls, but if you want to jump in right now, you should be able to grab an open line, 855-950-3835. I bet you're all wondering what the whole koala bear thing was, aren't you? Um, you'll have to reach out to Angie or Aaron and Lisa. Ask them what the koala bear thing was all about. Um, send them a bunch of emails. Um, let's... Uh, All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Brian in Texas. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How are you doing this morning? Good. What's on your mind? Hey, um, so uh, I've been working with Bruce and them and talked to you several times. Anyway, um, I bought my truck, you know, like five months ago. I put like $25,000 into it. and that's all accounted for in QuickBooks. I just put the truck on for my maiden voyage and had like $5,000 more of expenses and I'm back home and I'm just getting started here with profit gauges. Good, good. Um, well, I'm wanting off, to know what the best. First off, congratulations. It's always exciting getting started in business. So uh, congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. What can I help you with on profit well, gauges? Well, my thinking was that everything that I spent before I actually put the truck on the road is accounted for in QuickBooks, which I can give to my tax guy, um, and not enter it in profit gauges. You know, just start profit gauges from whenever I put the truck on the road um, and all of the expenses going forward. But is my thinking right on that, or it, it is. should I go back and – No, it, it is, and here's why. Okay. And. You know, I said when we created profit gauges, we broke all the rules of accounting. And we really did. There are general rules of accounting. There's even a term for them. And it's so that we're all kind of doing things the same way when you make comparisons. But I could care less about all that. All I care about right now is helping somebody run their business and pay the least amount of tax. So we broke a whole bunch of accounting rules just to make things simple. And this is one. And, and I do, you're, you are thinking correctly. And this is how I decided when I did my own accounting. If I, what I really want to see right now is how are my everyday 
numbers looking, my income and expense, and all that startup will skew that for a long time if you put it in there. It makes it harder to understand the numbers. You've already spent the money. Right. It's gone. Obviously, you had it. So let's, yeah, let's just start the business right now. That's go- the money's gone. You're going to get a tax break for it because you already said you've accounted for it. You'll give it to your accountant. But on the business, yeah, let's just start the numbers fresh with just what we're spending right now. I believe that's a more accurate way of doing this. It, it's better for us because we yeah. can see a number that makes more sense. It, it's sometimes I have, I'll even tell people, look, when you do an in-frame, Sure, we want to get the deduction for that, no doubt, but I don't necessarily want that in my numbers. It, it really, it's going to screw up my maintenance number for a year or more till that finally averages itself out. So, yeah, I know I spent the money. I know I need to account for those kind of things, but I'd rather keep that out of my everyday numbers. Right. That's, I wanted to see what my profit per mile was because I'm just getting started in a true profit per mile. But exactly. If, what you do went I do to, about- if you went to most accountants, they would say, oh, no, you can't do it like that. You have to put this in there and then you just create a report to make up. You know, screw that. Just don't put it in. It doesn't have to be in there. Okay, what about the 5000 that I just had to spend, though, on my maiden voyage? That one I would uh, count. For maintenance. Cause that's- that, would I, that, that one I would put in. I mean, that because you, you spent some money to put this thing on the road. You spent some money to buy it. We'll, we'll set those aside. But once you started running, now let's just, that's a repair. We had to do it. Put it in your numbers. Okay. All right. And I just got my first settlement, and I really don't understand it. And I, I guess I'm probably going to maybe just send everything to you all and have you all set it up for me the first month. I, I, I don't know. I that that's a, a good way. It really is. Um, settlements can be really confusing, but I can promise you this. Once we figure the settlement out and that's, that's the first step. You just sit down. We look at what numbers do they balance to? What do they include? Are they, a lot of times we even have to call the carrier that first time and say, what are you including in the 1099? Because we want to make sure we get that right. Once it's set up and you see it, then it's really easy. But it, that, that initial trying to figure out some of those settlements, they are a mess sometimes. Yeah, I thought I would be able to, you know, handle it, figure it out. But um, it it doesn't look like they're just, uh, it looks like they're kind of combining, like, you know, like there's a fuel on here that's been subtracted for the trip that I just went on, you know, so. What, um, how how big is this carrier, roughly? It's. It's a big carrier. Um, they've got 36 terminals. They've been in business for... Okay. So, yeah, 36 uh, terminals. Long tells, time. Yeah, the 36 terminals tells me what I need to know. Um, okay. You might, you might want to reach out to the settlement department, the people that put the settlements together every week, and ask them if you could come in and sit down with them, and you should need more than an hour, and have them explain the settlement to you. That would be, and you could still have us set up that first one. Although I think I might wait, see if you can work with them because I would love for you to get a really good understanding of your own settlement. And this would be the way to do it. Have them help you with, you could even, you know, if they'll, if they're willing to meet with you, take your laptop in with, with 
profit gauges on it, say here, here's how I'm going to be entering it into my accounting. Can you help me so we get it all in the right place? And if you do that, then you have an understanding of those numbers. And I think that's better. Yeah, I definitely want to understand this inside out. So um, let's see here. The other thing I was going to ask, and from from what I understand from watching the training with profit gauges, um, the settlement needs to be entered first before you start entering any of the, what I spent, like for maintenance, right? It works better when you do it that way, yes. Okay, okay. All right, so I would just need to... All right, let me let me do that then, and then I'll uh, if I need further help or can't get that done, I'll reach out to Angie and Tribecare. Excellent. All right, congratulations on on getting started in business and doing it right and paying attention to your numbers. It's going to make all the difference. Well, yeah. well, I had some good coaching along the way from you and Bruce and everybody. So, Excellent. thank you so much, and and have a blessed day. You're welcome. Thank okay. you. Let's uh, let's head off to Oklahoma. We've got lines open. If you want to jump in, it's a free-for-all kind of day. Anything goes. 855-950-3835. If you want to talk trucks, you better jump in and ask questions because everything else on my list today is health and politics. I covered all my truck stuff. Let's go to Oklahoma this time. Lloyd, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hey there. Thanks for taking my call today. I've got a spec question for you. A little bit of background. I'm a company driver. Boss gave me free reign on building this truck, and I've run into a little bit of a stumbling block with a company I'm building the truck through or order through. Um, They're only allowing us to go as low as a 308 rear end. Of course, I was trying to do 264, 279. And I'm wondering what I'm going to be up against with a with the 13 speed 308 on a uh, MX Packard engine. Ooh, so you're you're dealing with the engine we probably know the least about right now, and and that engine can't really be down sped all that well. Not like we're talking about with the Volvos. Not that super deep down sped. It's just the architecture just isn't there to do it, but. I'm a little shocked that they're holding you at 308s. Now, is that with an overdrive? Must be. Yes, that's 13 double over. Um, We originally tried to spec the truck with the Cummins engine, but that started out a year ago, August. The truck was scheduled for delivery in March when we ordered it. Of course, now here we are a year later, still don't have the truck, but it's scheduled to be here in November now. In that time period, we've gone from being able to do 264s to not even being able to get the Cummins engine because there's no build slots. So, so and, I, and I, downhill. I, I'm just going to throw this out there just for something to think about because this reminds me of the last new truck I ordered. We ran into the same thing. We It was a different supply chain issue back then, but the supply chain issue back then was... Um, Mercedes was the last engine manufacturer that was allowed to continue making non-emission engines. This is back in 2003 and four. So I ordered my truck with a Mercedes engine and I didn't want that engine. I didn't know much about it. The only reason I ordered it was because it was going to be a non-emission engine. 
and any other maker would have had to build an emission engine. So I ordered the truck. And so did everybody else in the country. All the fleets started ordering trucks with Mercedes engines to stay away from the emissions. And they kept pushing my build slot back and putting the fleets ahead of me. By the time they built my truck, they were out of non-emission engines. And I got royally screwed. I got an engine I didn't want in emissions. And it turned out to be the worst new truck and the worst engine I ever owned. I had more, that truck got towed back into the yard three times in the first year. And I I couldn't remember a time I had to have a truck towed back to the yard. Uh, It was horrendous, you know, but it was a tough call. I had waited over a year for the truck. By the time they told me, oh, by the way, you can't get the engine you wanted because you can't get the engine you wanted. You're not getting the transmission you wanted. I ended up with a Meritor. That was also a huge problem in that truck. Uh, I would have been far better off just canceling my order and starting all over. I, I, when you're spending right. that kind of money, if you get to a point like this and you start to compromise, I can't think of a way right now to build this truck the way I would want it. If you're stuck with that engine and that transmission, um, 308s might be your best bet anyway on, on this setup. I'd have to go back and calculate a few things. But honestly, I, I can't think of a truck I would want less than this one right now. I'm kind of in the same opinion, but my boss is like, well, we got to have a new truck because we're in a rental right now, which is oh, even so, worse. I so mean, I, I, now I feel his pain. That was my situation too, because the truck that I was getting, that the truck that had originally been scheduled to, to get traded in on the one I was waiting for started having some major issues and we were putting off work and that's hard on drivers. And I was telling them, look, the new one will be in, you know, I had to replace the entire air conditioning system. It was Florida. I couldn't let that go. That got expensive. Then, then we actually had an issue where it was going to need an in-frame. Uh, and I, I, I just said, look, I, I can't put any more money into this thing. I'm going to have to go get a rental. And they're expensive. So I was in the exact same boat. And I chose to yep. buy the trucking. And, and um, we learn more from our mistakes than we ever learn from getting lucky and doing things right. Or I'm telling you, I learned a lot from that mistake. If I were ever in that position again, I would just cancel the order. So I, I, I'm... I've told my boss I'm just ready to pull the pin on the grenade and let's try to find a used truck. He's like, man. Yeah, what about that? That's actually, I've done that in the past too. I've bought a used truck with 30,000 miles on it that turned out to be the best truck I ever owned. So in this market, we're about to see lots of used trucks available. Price is already coming down. I saw headlines on that this morning. I would seriously be looking for a very, very low mileage used truck. Under 100,000 miles would be my goal. And you'll pick it up at a bargain and you'll be able to get the specs you want. Or closer anyway. Right. I just, my boss, I'm trying to talk him out of this new truck, but he sees glitz and glamour and bells and whistles and I'm, Gosh, I don't know how to help talk yeah. him out of this other than to tell him, hey, this rental truck is getting us 5.6 miles a gallon. Ouch, that's the... We need that's, some help here. 
Boy, this, you're, you're just you're you're telling my story. I've told that story many. I don't know what the damn rental companies do to these trucks. They get the worst fuel economy I've ever seen. And I even look at the specs of the trucks and I look at it and go, you know, they're not great specs, but the fuel economy should not be this bad. But for some reason, those damn rental trucks across the board. And that was making me crazy because my fleet was averaging eight miles to the gallon and my one rental truck's getting five and a half. Right. No, I feel I, I, I feel know. the I pain, but I, I can tell you I learned my lesson. And if I were ever in that situation again and they made major changes to my truck order, I'd just cancel it. I, I agree with you. So I, I've been on the phone with you for quite a few minutes here, and I hate to ask you this question. What am I going to be able to do with this truck spec the way it is to get fuel mileage out of it and make it happy? You know, we, we'd have to look at uh, – we'd have to run some numbers on, on that. Um, the way you do it is is with 308s, you know, I'm just trying to run some math in my head. You're going to run a gear down. Um, and it's probably going to work out to be fairly slow, uh, a gear down. I imagine you're going to run 60 to 65, uh, which is probably where you're going to get your best fuel economy. If we do all the other stuff, right, if we've got low rolling resistance and I'm assuming this is a good aerodynamic model. Yes. Yes. I I expect it with Michelin's and okay. I, I've gone, I've done, I've done your program. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that some of the modifications we know that, that work on just about everything, fleet air filters, keep that, you know, spec it. So we get that trailer gap up nice and tight. You know, this, this could still potentially be a truck that we could get into the eights. I doubt that we're ever going to get it into the nines, no matter what we did. But I, I think we could see a pretty solid eight mile per gallon truck if we did everything else right. I told my boss the way I expected I could get seven out of this truck. He said, if you get seven miles per gallon, I'll pay you a bonus every week. Oh, you'll get seven. <laughs> yeah, you'll, let, him, let him just keep this order then. Keep it spec the way it is. Let him buy it. You'll get seven. You'll get your bonus. He'll be happy to. Okay. You know, you have to you well, have to remember I'll, I'll sometimes run. sometimes we get skewed here in the tribe because we are now talking about fuel economy in the 11 mile per gallon range. Not not 30 day averages yet, but we're talking about seeing trucks breaking 11 on, you know, a specific fuel up. We see trucks running 10 for 30 day averages. We get a little spoiled. You hear those numbers over and over and over. We all want those numbers. But the the industry average is still 6.6 miles to the gallon. So he's happy okay. if he gets seven. Great. Let him be happy then. Right. We're, we're speaking French in France and everyone else is in the United States. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and they, they look at us like we have three heads. <laughs> right. All right, Kevin, thank you very much. I appreciate your encouragement, and I love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's head off to Texas. Fred, sounds like, uh, sounds like you're having a day like me today. You got all kinds of stuff on your mind, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I got the watch. Uh, I got it last week, but I didn't get home till Friday, so I started messing with it Saturday. 
and yesterday. And um, I got the, I did the update, but where are you seeing the HRV? Is that okay. that little I, circle area? Uh, which little? On your watch, you mean? On the watch, yeah, on the watch. Well, see, the problem with that watch face is there's about 30 different ways to set up your watch face, too. So, you know, I absolutely love this watch, but the one downside to it, it's got a kind of a learning curve to it. There's so many variables and so many options. I just need to call them today um, because I'm having a lot of people saying, where are you seeing HRV? And I'm like, it's right there. It's right at the top of my app. When I open my app and... and On the app. No, I have it on the app. I have it on the app. I don't have it on the watch. I thought you were talking about on the the watch. I do have it on my watch. Okay, so on the app I can get... Okay. You do have it on the watch. Once we know you've got it on your on your app that's good so we know your device is capable of reading it and it's turned on because you're seeing it now what you do and i can kind of get you started on this you the the buttons on the left i've got it on my left hand so when i look at the face it's the buttons on the left side center center button you hold it for a second till your menus pop up and you've got watch face that's where you can kind of yeah. set the layout of how many things you can see. And then you find settings and apps and you have to install the app on whatever watch face you just laid out and designed. And the app is just called HRV. Okay. So you add it and then, oh. yeah, then you can scroll through the apps that you have by just pressing either one of the two left buttons uh, the center or the bottom button, right. and then you just scroll through. So mine's set up so I can see my steps. This is kind of backward order. Heart rate, body battery, sleep, stress, and HRV status. Now, I also need to call them because I ran into something I'm not quite understanding today. So I know they use HRV for body battery and both stress, but now that we're getting the raw HRV number, something a little unusual happened. So I've been really pushing hard, uh, like physical, really out in the garden and it's been really hot and I've just been my body battery's at zero by the end of the day. And I was pushing, and last week, every day, my numbers were going down instead of up. My body battery got lower every day. My stress levels were going up, and that was the point. I was trying to push to see what happens. And you, if you do this wrong, you get weaker and weaker each day. So this morning, I woke up, and I checked, and my body battery yesterday i think i only started at like 30 that's in the morning that's how hard i had been pushing all week and throughout the weekend this morning i woke up and at 65 which was an improvement but my hrv status got worse so my hrv had broke 50 broken 50 which was good i got up to 51 and it was 51 imbalanced well now my body battery went up but my hrv is 45 that's a pretty significant drop and now it's unbalanced so now i have more homework to do i got to go back and talk to them and and find out exactly what i'm supposed to be learning from that 
So I'll also okay. ask him about this whole, be? which device can read this new reading, which one can't. There still seems to be a lot of confusion about this. Okay. Yeah. Would you be able to take a quick snapshot of your face, how you have it laid out? This way, when I get when I get stopped later on tonight, I can try to mess with this a little more. Because the but the instructions that it comes with, it really it doesn't really give you anything. So they they uh, it know, would really I, I to, it would really be nice if we had some nice videos on this. I agree. Their documentation again, the watch has so much stuff on it that it's trying to go through their documentation why, is difficult. They, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, maybe maybe on their website, but I, I don't know. I looked a little bit on there. I really couldn't find any detailed information. I did did a couple of small YouTube videos, but, um, you know, they, they, they're kind and of, they're, here, the guys I watched, they, here's the they're other kind problem. of geared towards their thing. Yeah, here's the other problem. Yeah. If we do videos, obviously we're going to be doing it with the, the Diesel 2, because that's the watch I have, right. and... Any right. other watch you have, if you look at it, you're going to be confused. Uh, that's part of the problem here. They have so many damn models of their watches and different <laughs> versions and generations. And then we make a video. Yeah, and the, yeah. the minute I post that video, I'll get 10 emails. Uh, my watch doesn't look like that. Can you make one for my watch? No, I can't because I don't have your watch. <laughs> I do understand that. I do understand oh, that. Oh man! So uh, I am excited boy, about this, but it's it's uh, it, there's there's a learning curve here. There's no doubt, and they keep changing it and upgrading it, which is good. But then that just adds to the confusion sometimes. Well, yes. I mean, I looked at I looked at the app store for it. I mean, there's there's a couple hundred different face models you can download <laughs> for it. It's, it's just pretty incredible. I, that's just one watch. <laughs> now they have a hundred different models of watches. Then they have, you know, first generation, second generation, third generation, which really gets confusing because they all look the same, but they're different. Then, like you said, one watch. I can go download a hundred different configurations for my watch face on just that one model. I know, and uh, the watch already comes with about five or six different faces, <laughs> faces that you can you can do. I oh, do use boy. one it, of it the, is, the standard. Yeah, I, I use one of the standard layouts. Um, I figured that was right. enough, and for the most part. I, there's really nothing on the face that I, I use other than the time. I mean, that's really all that's right, on mine. Right. And then it's a matter of hitting the menu button, like I said, and scrolling through and just quickly seeing the stuff I want. And once you get it set up, well, it really is pretty nice because I see everything on the watch. Yeah, one of the biggest things that taught me this weekend is that I need to get my eyes checked again. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, yeah, no doubt. Once you get this watch set up, that is tiny little text on there you're trying to scroll through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. My wife's like, I can see it's fine. I'm like, I guess I got to get my appointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's for sure. It'll help you with your eyesight because uh, you'll figure you out. You know, you can't I see I anything. lasted till I lasted till I was 51 before I needed cheaters. I was 40. And and the crazy thing was, well, I, partly, had, I had incredible eyesight as a kid. Like, even as an adult, I can remember when I was coaching wrestling and we would spend every weekend in gyms at wrestling tournaments. And I, I'm 
here with teenage boys now, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old right. kids. And we're sitting in the gym and somebody asked what time it was. And I looked over at a clock on the wall and I said, it's 10 after two. And all these teenagers looked over and they're like, where did you see that? And I'm like, the clock right there. And they're like, you can read that? I'm like, yeah, you can read it. You can't. <laughs> and my, my reading vision was perfect. And all of a sudden I hit 40 started having horrendous headaches, had no idea what was going on, and it turned out to be my eyes needed readers. Well, what, what I attribute my vision to is when I was a young man in this business back in 89, 90, <clears throat> worked with a gentleman who told me that he changed his windshield glass every year. Interesting. And... And this was, I mean, we, you know, we all had, you know, Pete's and KW's, so, you know, like I'm driving now, you know, big wide nose. Yeah. And at the time, you know, my, my 71 Pete, I think the windshields were like $22 or $27 <laughs> and they were easy to install. So it wasn't bad. Right. Uh, it wasn't bad. Now they're a little more pricey. So I kind of, I kind of go uh, about a year, year and a half and I, I get the windshields changed. I don't do it anymore myself, but um, that's you know with, with the with the pitting yeah. with the pitting and everything and the night glare, uh, you'd be surprised uh, after a year or so of doing a hundred thousand miles. You know, how bad your windshields get. That's an interesting point, and it's one of those things that we don't notice it because it happens slowly over time. Yes. Exactly. And you just, you just forget exactly. all about it. That's an interesting point. I'm at $22 for a windshield. That's kind of funny. Um, oh, imagine I, that. I, <laughs> I mean, now I just had them done. I think it cost me $600 for both sides. Well, I'm, so. <laughs> I'm getting ready to find out what one of these giant windshields on a bus or a coach cost because um, I've got a little stone chip right smack in the middle of mine I, I should probably get the chip fixed for now but the other thing is the coach is 15 years old and we're getting ready to do a pretty major remodel on it the only way to get the refrigerator refrigerator in and out of that coach you have to take the windshield out right right well plus take, you you do use your coach a lot more than the average bear so more. you're going to yeah. see a noticeable difference with that with a new windshield in there you yeah. You know, the night glare and the, and the headlight glare and stuff like that is non-existent in a new windshield. Yeah, I'll bet that's, uh, you know, I, I often wondered is, you know, most of the parts of our body, they do better the more we use them. You know, our, our body, the more we use it, the yeah. better it does, it, not the opposite. But I wonder if eyes are like that. You know, I, maybe I just wore my eyes out from all that reading I did all those years. I don't know. Well, I, I think it's muscle strain and fatigue. You know, like, uh, like I, for years I didn't read, and then when I started reading again, my eyes would get tired after reading for 15, 20 minutes, and now I can read for hours again. But um, it's like anything else. If you're not working it out, I think it just gets, uh, I guess, lazy and, and weak. Yeah. You know, I see they they have the new LASIK procedures now that actually fix your far vision and correct for readers. That's kind of new i'm so tempted because i read so right. much and i'm so dependent on my glasses when i'm doing my show but i just i have a hard time getting myself to go near any kind of medical procedure these days same here i i agree with you 100 percent. 
I really would love not to have to wear glasses, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm just leery of everything medical these days. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I see that too. I mean, I, my, I, all, I have such a small, I think I'm 0.75. I can really use uh, my, or my eyes are a little different. So he, he changed my prescription up the last time I did it about six months ago or a year ago, whatever it was. Um, but, uh, but I can use a point seventy five and read fine. Oh, yes. So my, yeah. my eyes are I was up pretty to like good. 2.0, you know? I think, on readers. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So, but, um, yeah, I saw uh, they wrote up Steve Crone in Overdrive. Yeah, at least that on, was on, awesome. On the digital. That was awesome, That's yeah. That pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I never, I never really had an in-depth look at his truck, uh, so I was, I was looking at the pictures and stuff. Pretty, pretty <laughs> interesting things he's done to that. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty wild. He's, he's quite the fabricator when it comes to, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, aerodynamic testing, and um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it, I, I love the fact that he's out there doing it with an older pre-emission truck and, and still killing it. And, you know, we've got a bunch of guys now oh, yeah. working on the newer trucks and we're trying to figure out, you know, each different platform. I'm, we've got Volvo and Freightliner pretty well nailed down. It's the other manufacturers we need to get better at. And, you know, this new international engine, I did a little bit of reading on it over the weekend. It does look pretty interesting. I want to do a, deeper dive into that it would be wonderful to have international back again as an option yeah yeah so i um not to get too political i know you have the pit i don't know what day that's on um it's tomorrow but, but free for all i really the, you're allowed to talk about anything yeah, you want yeah 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 i know i i really think the establishment and the status quo is really really getting worried about about the evil orange man and his and his picks. He's like 92% uh, that everything he's backed has, uh, these guys have been running their, these guys and gals have been running their uh, primaries. And um, now the establishment like Mitch McConnell is saying, oh, well, we don't think we're going to take the Senate. I think they're going to actively work against these people because they, they really don't want the status quo up upended. That's a scary thought, you know, but when you look it at is. some of the it statistics is. right now, it's hard to come to any other conclusion. Let's think about a couple of things. I, I, I would love for somebody, anybody to call me and tell me all the things that are a problem right now really aren't a problem. We've never seen anything like this. The, the southern border well, is a disaster. Yeah, yeah. We've, that, I, if, I think if that the were the only problem we were facing, it would be a big problem. But it's not even close. Right. Crime is just insane, rampant, totally out of control. Inflation, we're setting records. We have right. huge problems. Like, I can go back to the stagflation years of Carter and it was nowhere near this bad because that's that was the only problem. Well, we were facing pretty high crime back then in the 80s and the inflation issue, but it yeah. wasn't yeah. wasn't as bad as what we're dealing with right now. We we know the polls forever from the day Biden got in office, his poll numbers started going down. And they went down fast right. and they kept going down. And and that was just right up till recently. We have this statistic yep. about Trump, you know, backed 
nominees killing it. Like you said, 92%. That's insane that somebody has a yes. track record yes. like that. That's got to tell you something. Let's just look at the the news stations. Let's take the two big ones. Um, when I say conservative news, who do you think of? Fox. When I say liberal news, who do you think of? There's a bunch of them, but which one jumps out? CNN. Yeah, CNN. Exactly. So, so yeah. we have one news station that is really basically a Trump supporter, whether you, you know, they're, they're biased. We know they're biased to the right. They, they cover all of these issues that we're talking about that you never see covered. They cover the Southern border. They cover the problems in the schools. They cover the crime. Right. Now we have CNN who avoids all of that stuff and acts like it doesn't even exist or will spin it to where it, it, it's, totally the opposite of what's really happening oh no there's no problem at the border this is what we're supposed to be doing but yet let's look at that fox beats the hell out of cnn in the ratings it's not even close you can take six different shows from cnn and add up all of their listeners and it doesn't even touch one show at fox and that's been going on for a couple years so how is it if these are all the statistics that we've been seeing for at least two years now, and we could go back even further than that, this is a clear pattern. And all of a sudden, 80 days away, all of a sudden the polls are changing and now the Democrats are winning. How the hell did that happen? Right, right. Well, you got to look, you got to look backwards a little bit. Um, The biggest issue I think that, that upended the whole establishment was, his policy on China. He had really good China hawks with Peter Navarro and Robert Lighthizer making the trade policies, and they were really, really tough on China with the tariffs and 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 make, holding them to account of buying our grain and, and spending their money over here. And, you know, you got Mitch McConnell, whose family is backed by the Chinese government. And a handful of them, Republicans, like, like Bill Lee in Utah, and a lot of these guys are, are backed by the Chinese government uh, indirectly or directly. Um, you know, his, his, McConnell's wife was Elaine Chow, the transportation secretary under Trump, and her, fa- her father has a steamship line company that everything is financed through the CCP. So did, did you happen to read the book, The End of the World? No, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I just finished a, a, a really good book on race called White Guilt by Shelby Steele. And um, I was talking to a broker who was on the other side of the aisle. He gave me a book to read. And believe it or not, Kevin, I just don't understand this. It's a brand new book. It's called, uh, oh, geez. Um, I got to look to see if I can find it real quick. But anyway, in the first chapter... They start talking about Newt Gingrich and his, you know, his, uh, his, the way he did politics. And then they go into this January 6th thing and how seven people were, were killed, uh, in January 6th. And I'm like, wait a second. Wait. That's not, that's not correct. No, it's not. It's not correct. I mean, that's, that's the facts are not, technically, are not, destru- but wait a minute. The, the destructionist. Te- technically, I think only one person was killed. And she was an yes, unarmed that girl, Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, yes. yeah, an yes. unarmed right. 
protester with a pretty strong military record was shot in the face and we never it was never explained why yes. she was and, shot and the, that's yeah, the, the only the, person the who Capitol was police killed. officer was never never investigated never never even it, put on on took bench us, duty took us like a year before they would even tell us what his name was exactly exactly now there was other people that died and from what i gather from the reports i've seen no one died for any any kind of violence. They all had either heat stroke and were elderly. Uh, the the one officer that that died, he had a, a stroke and died. Nothing to do with any kind of altercations he had. Didn't never hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. None of that stuff. Yeah, was, look, was we, true. The the biggest stretch you could make here when we talk about people dying at that event, the biggest stretch you could make is his heart attack or stroke was stress related. You could make that argument maybe, but my argument would be, well, that's kind of his job. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, uh, it's never brought up that, that, that the mayor of DC refused the, the, the national guard, um, you know, Nancy Pelosi refused the National Guard. None of that stuff is ever brought up. Now, whether or not Trump just, you know, verbally said you so, can have what you want or wrote an order, I have no idea. We're never going to know the, the, you know, you're going to get the different difference of opinions from both sides. Um, but I don't, I, I just don't so, understand how they can say. So do you want to be really frustrated about all of this? Sure. If you want to be even more frustrated about all of this. Oh, wait, I just looked at my watch. My stress level just went to a 90. No, I'm only kidding. No, yeah. Yeah. Go watch uh, Tucker Carlson Originals on, on Fox. If you get the Fox right. app, Tucker Carlson Originals. He did a long form documentary about this and it will make you insane. Yeah, two part series. I I never really never sat down and watched it. It'll make I like you insane. His, I like his. Yeah, I like his Tucker Carlson Today format where he, he interviews people for an hour at a time. Oh, I, he he is on fire right now. I swear his yes, he, is. he is he's he, he's do the guy's working his ass off too. He does his Tucker Carlson <laughs> tonight, which is just current news, what's going yep. on right now. He does Tucker Carlson yep. today, which he does do a deeper dive with one guest and it's really really interesting stuff. And then he does his Tucker yep. Carlson originals, which are long form yeah. on a specific topic. I watched one last night. This one's just crazy. I Stories like this kind of make me a little insane because I want an answer and there's just no answer. Cattle mutilations. What a crazy story <laughs> that is. That's the big is. one that Holy yeah. cow. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. What a crazy story. I remember story. hearing about this when I was a kid, though. I do, too. I mean, I'm but- from... The- I'm from New York City, and I remember hearing about this. Well, when the when the uh, show starts, the first, like, 10 stories are all right here in Oregon. I had no idea. I thought this was going to be in Kansas somewhere. Um, Oregon, I guess, yeah. was, was big. Also, uh, we're, oh, there's a valley in Colorado that's really big for this. I, that's another state I lived in. Uh, so I, I was a little shocked when Oregon had so many of these cases, but... 
this is just kind of really, really bizarre, and it's been going on for a long time, decades. There's thousands of these. These are not just a couple. There's thousands of these reports, and basically everybody just looks and says, there's just no way to explain this. So, for example, and there's always some slight differences in all the cases, but it's either like horses, cows, sheep. I don't think I saw any pigs. Right. Um, But in like in one case, parts of the body are just gone. Like the sexual organs, a lot of times are just gone. They're they're missing. Right. The organs are gone. Um, But there's like eight gallons of blood in a cow. And they even have on the on the documentary, they have these two guys called the bearded butchers. And I got to tell you, if if you if you don't like, you know, things being cut up, don't watch this show because it is really graphic. They show (laughs) everything. I mean, they show them cutting an eyeball out of the skull and it's pretty graphic. But they they said to these two butchers. Could you go out in the field? And these guys are supposed to be the, they have like a million followers on YouTube. Who, people are really that right. interested in butchering, huh? They have a million followers. It's <laughs> kind of cool, actually, but, you know. Yeah. So they said there is no way we could go out into the field and recreate this. And if we would love to meet the person who has these kind of crazy butchering skills, because it's just not possible. There's no blood left at the scene, wow. none. None. They took, they took a cow and they show this. They took a cow. They drained all the blood like you normally do. And then they started cutting it up and there's blood everywhere. Still. They're like, there's, there's just no way to stop this. There's just, there's a lot of blood in this animal, but here's the other crazy thing. When you cut your finger or something, how much blood or you you bite your lip. Yeah. I I remember years ago, I bit through, I just a little piece of my tongue, not not off or anything. Just a little, you know. I had my my tongue sticking out, and I had yeah. a hard landing gear, and it it freed up and came up, and I whacked myself in the bottom of the chin, Oof. and I just kind of, and I was, it was, I had to put two stitches in my tongue, but it was not bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Now this is a giant <laughs> cow. There's a lot of blood here. Yeah. But here's the other crazy thing: <laughs> when they find these animals and organs are missing, and they're, you know, they. There's a hole in the head. They took the brain out. There's all kinds of weird things. But here's the other weird thing. And they showed these pictures. If they leave the animal there, one, it doesn't deteriorate normally the way it should. Two, scavengers will not touch it. No other animal will eat these animals. They won't touch it. They had one where all of the flies that tried to land on this animal and lay eggs, all the flies died. It, it's just, and, and wow. this is all proven. I mean, it, this isn't controversial yeah. anymore. It's not like, oh no, that was, a, this has all been proven hundreds and thousands of times and nobody can explain these things. Is there any radioactivity to these animals? They didn't mention radioactivity at all. They, they do mention several times. One person described it as a medicinal um, incense kind of smell. One person um, said it was a medicinal perfume kind of smell. That was the one thing I caught that there was this weird smell around these animals. Uh, I didn't see anything about radioactivity. Um, When they do kind of tissue testing, they found all kinds of crazy stuff, like weird things that shouldn't be there, but again, no explanation as to why they're there. 
right, right. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess if we really think that we're the center of the universe and there's nothing else out there, you're kind of naive. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know. I, it's I, just... I, I've always, I've always believed in that stuff. So, yeah, well, he also, um, if, if he, he did a really good um, long form on UFOs, too. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if anyone, <laughs> if you had any kind of, any kind of experience with that stuff, but uh, when I was five and a half, I lived in an apartment house, six-story apartment house in New York, and we were at a friend's house on the sixth floor. About 11 o'clock at night, my mother and I were walking home. And something popped out of the staircase, looked at us, and went back in. And we turned around and went back to the apartment that we came out of. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget it till you today. Know, I mean, you know, just... here's, here's the one thing I've always said. You know, when it comes to, do I believe in ghosts or spirits or UFOs? or uh, it, it, I don't not believe i i don't know that i've made up my right. mind yet just because they're there we haven't seen enough proof but i have to believe there's something else out there but here's kind of my point about all of this i'm not too worried about it i've checked all the statistics nobody's ever shown up at the emergency room saying they were injured by a ghost or a ufo right, right i mean right. it just doesn't yeah. happen I mean, listen, I, so if they're out there yeah, so far yeah. they're pretty safe Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy stuff. Crazy yeah. stuff. But yeah, if anyone if anyone can get that Tucker call the Fox Nation, there's a there's a good interview with uh, with General um, uh, Kelly, uh, who they who they now comes to find out that the they kind of worked against him because him and Trump had a plan to bring the intelligence agencies back to World War Two levels. That's a really good interview if you haven't seen it yet. I haven't watched that one yet. You know, the other cool thing I yeah. like about... Yeah, it was on the first season. Yeah, the other cool thing I like about Fox Nation, it's not a big deal, but I got my first year free for being a vet. Yes, and then I got, I think it was two years, they gave it to me for $33, something like that. Oh, nice. So, nice. really, really inexpensive. Really inexpensive. Great um, material, too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on it. I mean, we're talking about Tucker Carlson because he's kind of hot. And, and I, I like how he uh, – there's another one on there, uh, Stolen Focus. I, I actually read the book. Um, really, really, really in, interesting stuff. Hey, you know, uh, if I'm, you haven't I'm, seen that one, Kevin. You know, that this has been a good conversation, but I'm not really interested on whether or not you think Tucker Carlson is hot or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think he needs a haircut. Is what I <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you know, they. Oh boy. They, they Fox Nation also now has all the new episodes of Cops. Yes, they do. Yes, I've been watching do. Cops for yeah. what thirty some years now since that show came out. Yeah, still around. That's a oh, pretty, you know what pretty, else? Yeah, you yeah. know what else I'm really excited about? TV. I don't. What's you know, I, I'm gonna have to stop saying I don't watch a lot of TV because I swear I watch more TV now than I ever have in my life. Um, the uh, oh, what, what was I? I was just excited about. Oh, I know what it is. So one of my favorite shows when it first came out for the first couple seasons, I just loved it. Was um, Live PD. The show, the police show. Oh, I don't know like, if I saw that. Oh, it was just like cops, except it's live. 
Like it's happening right now. They put the okay. f- they put film crews out with like eight different police departments around the country, and in real time, you watch what's going on, and they jump back and forth. It was on A and E. It was a huge show. I think they were the number one show on cable TV. And when the whole defund the police thing happened, they canceled the show. Yeah. It was the number one show on cable and they canceled it. The other thing I thought was really cool was um, the host is um, Dan Abrams, which I think he does an amazing job with everything legal. So he's the um, he's the host. But then the co-host, they were rotating like police officers from the different departments that they represented it'd be somebody different each week well one guy kind of stuck right right from the beginning he was from uh tulsa police department sean sticks larson the guy's just excellent i mean he was a cop but he does this show so well now all the ladies think he's hot i don't have any opinion on that um so it was kind of a cool thing that you know here he was a cop now he's on this show and it was then they gave him his own show he was doing a police video thing where he would take video footage and recap and that was a good show and i'm like how cool this guy's got this huge opportunity and then out of the blue they just canceled all of those shows so i was but now Another channel, real. It was on A and E, Reels, R E E L Z. Okay. Reels brought the show back. It's now called On Patrol Live, and it still has Dan Abrams, still has Sean Larson. So it's just like a total recreation of the show. The format is exactly the same. It's three hours long every Friday and Saturday night. Wow! Wow! You see some well, you pretty some wild fun, stuff on there. If you want there. some real fun, I'm sure, I'm, especially live action. I, yeah. mean, you, you know, I have family that were New York City PD, and they could tell your story, oh, too. Oh, man. Mean, but yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool to, to see it as it's happening. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty scary would, for the cameraman, too. <laughs> I would just love to know how much money A&E lost canceling those shows. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, and how stupid. But, um, how another, stupid. Now they're back and yeah, nobody oh, cares, oh. right? Look at, yeah, well, look at, what, look at what all of these big major companies have done to themselves. Oh, you know? it's, it's just. And they it, shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, we're going to look time. back in a couple of years. Well, I'm already looking at them and going, what a bunch of idiots. But a couple of years from now, we're going to look go, look at what they did for nothing. Nothing. Nobody cares well, if about it wasn't, any of that stuff. If it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for my wife, I would have already canceled uh, Netflix. Uh, just some of the programming that's trying to shove out there. It, I just don't want to support that. Um, and that's my own decision. Exactly. Of course. You know, I'm not. Trying, right. I don't tell anyone else. I don't tell anyone else what they should and shouldn't do, uh, and at all. You but, know, but uh, unless they ask my advice. That's exactly uh, how we should show our preferences. We vote with our dollars. Yep. Right. 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 But uh, a really good show, I think I mentioned it uh, just briefly, but is The Terminal List on, on Amazon Prime. So that's the well, one you with wanna, the, the you Navy wild SEALs, ride? right? Chris, yeah, Chris Pratt. Yeah, I, it was. I'm, I'm actually going to start reading this guy, Jack Carr. He was a Navy SEAL, a commander in the Navy. He, was, he had a team that he led 
And so, he re- yeah, I don't know if he retired or he just got out, but he he's a novelist now. So here's and, the interesting um, he, thing. He, he, I, go ahead, go ahead. I can, if I read those books, I'll love them. I'm sure I will. Right. I don't like the TV yep. show. I watched the first. Now, did you ep- watch it? I watched the first episode. Now I got about halfway through. Here's the problem for me: the way they started it, I thought was horrible. You got no background. You don't know who's who. You don't know right. what's going on. We don't know what country we're in. I understand that. And all I got was right. the first thirty minutes was nothing but a big shoot 'em up in the dark. I couldn't even see half of what was going on, and it's just a bunch of people shooting at each other and blowing things up. And I'm like, well, "Where's the story?" Right. Well, you have. I tell people you got to get through the first episode. The second episode really brings it home. I'll try again. And then, then it just I'll goes from again. there. Now, I mean, really, it really. I thought it was one of the best series I've seen in a long time overall. So to compare overall, it to compare they, it to they, something, they did, do some flashbacks and stuff throughout the series. Have you watched the series Seal Team? It's on one of the ABC, NBC, no, I, CBS. I saw that. I, I saw that. I saw that, but I didn't see it. I mean, I didn't now, watch it. I, I saw the. I saw what you're talking about, though. Like I said, usually I can deal with these kind of, you know, sensationalistic shoot 'em up, blow everything up. In books, I can deal with that just fine. I actually enjoy it. A lot of the books. When they make movies right. out of them, it's really, really iffy. Like a lot of the. Um, right. Oh, who's the guy that wrote? Uh, Red October and Red Dawn Rising and oh um uh, oh yeah he does the the Jack Ryan books Jack um, Ryan's they've done an excellent yeah. job on those I think most of those are really really good uh, a lot of those I right. don't like now I will say the original Seal Team and I think it's still going on um, there was just a new season not that long ago. They did an excellent job. There's a real story there. There's character development. You really like all the characters. And and when I watched this first one, I was just like, I don't know who's who, what's what. There's no storyline here. Everybody's right. just shooting at each other. Right. So I'll well, go back and try just again. To give you, just to give you, just to give you, there that the first the first uh, episode is where a lot. I mean, there's action throughout the series, but it's not. It's not all just blowing up, and you get context of what happened, and it's, it's setting up the whole series that okay. first episode. I'll, I'll go back and try again. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, but hey, it, you know, again, I uh, I'm actually doing it again because my wife wants to watch it now, and she was like you at the first episode, and she was like, "I'm not." I said, "Listen, just get the second episode to try," and now she likes it. <laughs> Good, so, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right well listen Fred. you have a great day good stuff yeah have good a great day you. we'll talk to you soon let's head off to oklahoma paul welcome to the program howdy what's on your mind um, today i think that well batteries but i just want to make a comment about the aliens i think they come uh, they must show up and they stick around for a very short time because they see what idiots are running the place and they say, <laughs> we need to get the hell out of here quickly. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that that is, that is a very good explanation. I could live with that one. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, but I got a question about amp hours for batteries. This is not for, this is not for a truck. My wife rides around in one of those, scooter chairs uh 
well, her little her little outdoor one, the batteries are 10 years old, but they don't Holy wore cow. out. Yeah, well, I would project. think so. Yeah. Well, well, she hadn't really used, she not really been wanting to go out since COVID come around, but uh, she's over that too. So, well, she never got COVID, but <laughs> so the batteries that were in it, the 12 volt, and then it says 12 amp hours. Well, ones I went and looked at, and the guy said, you could get these ones, but I think they, it says 12 volt, 15 amp hours. So that's basically, it's going to last longer, right? How big is this battery, size-wise? Oh, hell, it's the size of a brick. I was going to say, it must be really Probably. tiny. Because in, in a standard, like, car-sized battery, I forget the number for those. Standard car-sized battery, you can get 100 amp-hour batteries now. Yeah. That's tiny. Yeah, well, but, yes, that's what you're reading is will kind of determine the range on that scooter. The more amp hours are available, the longer that battery is going to run that scooter. Okay, I, I thought that's what, what it was. So I'll yeah, and the, you can even... There's only like $5 difference between them. Yeah, you could even look at the scooter and somewhere in the specs on the consu- on the scooter, it will tell you how many amp hours it draws, like under, you know, full speed or whatever options you have. And you can kind of calculate from the battery how long it will last you okay because when i when i when i was up there at pittsburgh path um brian in the shop he rides around on a, one of those scooter chairs yeah and but they done put they done put two truck batteries on it <laughs> of course of course they did <laughs> yeah so i don't I, I don't know if it goes any faster or just lasts longer or it definitely or lasts longer you know i i was yeah. uh it, when you were there, you probably saw the the white van they used to run everybody back and forth to the hotel or to go yeah, get yeah. something to eat or run for parts. Or um, while I was there, that yep. was kind of my personal vehicle. I was, uh, I, I think, I um, accused uh, was it Leroy somebody of um, of getting into the ECM on that thing. I, I could barely drive the thing. Every time I tried to leave a stop sign or a, a traffic light i was squealing tires like what is with this thing uh they they yeah. denied it though they said they haven't done anything to it yeah well it was funny the, the guy came to pick us up at the motel one day and there was five of us at the motel and he says well your truck's not going to be ready and your truck's not going to be ready he says i only have three seats and he says i'm going to take him and him and her and i said well you know this thing's got three rows of seats right <laughs> yeah, where are like, they? What? I said, this, is, this has got three rows of seats. And because we had the hatch open the back, and I said, they had a piece of cardboard, and they pulled that out and pulled on the string, and the seat popped up, and he said, what the hell? <laughs> and he said, I never even knew that. <laughs> well, so you've been in so it. he didn't know it was a three, three rows of yeah. Oh, yeah, I've been in it many a time. You've been in yeah. it, so and you also know about how big a charger cooler is on a truck, right? You know, I I would venture to say we could probably get three or four truck charger coolers in that van with all the seats out, right? Three or four wouldn't be that hard at all. Oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. I almost, almost couldn't get the charger cooler for my coach in that van. I had to go down to the airport and pick it up. 
I had it, I had it overnighted from Oregon to the airport there at Pittsburgh. And then I had to run down at four o'clock in the morning with the van to get it. And the crate that they put it in and the charger cooler is really big. And then that crate was, I almost couldn't get that crate in that van. That's how big that charger cooler is. So is it really long? Yeah, it was long. Yeah, it's long. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and I I yeah, couldn't my, I couldn't figure out why I'm like it's a 13 liter cat. Why do I need such a giant charger cooler? And then it dawned on me my radiator's yeah, probably not very deep, but it's so friggin' long. Yeah. Well, it didn't. They're big all around, and so is the radiator. And I'm like, wait a minute, why do these things have to be so damn big? Then it dawned on me they're not in the it's front; on the side, they're on the side. Yeah. You just yeah. can't get enough airflow on the side, so you have to make the charger cooler and the, the radiator really big. My stepdaughter just bought a country coach a couple of months really? ago. But yeah. it, it's a it's a yeah, it's a it's a Cummins pad. Most I think are. it's a oh eight or a nine. So for her birthday I gave her a gallon of the catalyst. There you go. <laughs> I said this is this is yeah, I said There you go. This, this is not something cheap. I said, it's it's better than carbon. And she said, because she likes diamond rings and everything. The, yeah. She said, well, you know how I like carbon. And I said, you don't want it and you're coming. So, <laughs> so, happy birthday. Here's a gallon of catalyst for you. There so, you go. Yeah. Well, tell her if she ever has a question about your, her country coach, she can just call this show. Okay, that'll work. There isn't much I don't know right. about them anymore. Well, she was curious how tall it was yesterday with all the the air conditioner things on the roof and everything. And she said, bring you, bring your height stick around so we can measure this. Because so, I measure my height of my loads. Do you, so I went around there and I said, okay. Wait, before you tell yes. me, which model is it? Uh, I don't know. Country oh. coach. Yeah, well, they make several. I was going to tell, tell you how tall it is. It should be, should be 11 something. Sure. 12 something probably. Twelve foot seven was the twelve seven AC unit. Yeah, that's yep. that's mine. I think I measured it's, it right around twelve six, it's twelve 40, seven. Yeah, it's forty five feet long. So I'm thinking oh. that's probably pretty close to the same I, as yours. Yeah, there's there's only a couple models in the forty five foot. Mine's the six thirty Magna. Uh, it's probably something real similar. So yeah, it's twelve six, twelve seven. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I told her I said well. If you're going in, if you're going down some skinny country road or something, and you come up to a railroad track or it's thirteen foot, you're probably good to just drive underneath it. I said, but anything that's marked yeah. lower than twelve foot ten, because they they whack something off the TV satellite or something going I, in somewhere in trees and whack that off. Yeah, but, it's there's there's some stuff up. There, there is a trick, and believe it or not, I've actually used it there's a trick to be able to drive it with the airbags deflated because you can deflate the airbags really yeah. simple um, and you can inflate them all the way up. That's nice to work on, except you better have some jack stands under there because people have died from yeah. that thing coming down all of a sudden. Um, but there's yeah. a trick. So what normally happens if you deflate the airbags and the thing rides really low, you gain like five or six inches. Uh, of clearance. Oh, okay. But when you, you know, she, the she minute it up and, and right, the minute yep. you push in the brake release, when you push in the yellow button, the airbags will reinflate. 
But oh, okay. But I'll shot one. There's one a you draw golf. There's a fuse. Yeah. And if you take that fuse out, then you can deflate the airbags, and when you press the button, they won't reinflate. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure what she paid for it, but I guarantee it wasn't cheap. But no, they're not. And she's 20, well invested. She's well invested in it. So. Yeah, 2010 was yeah. the last year they made them. So she's got. I've got an 07. It sounds like hers is 08 or 09. Um, they're all going for about the same price. The ones that are left, but they're they're a, honestly they're a bargain. They're they're not cheap, but they're a bargain for the quality. I, I wish they were still around. There's almost no the only one, and Lisa and I just spent a day looking at them. Um, the only coach manufacturers. There's two. One's in Texas, and I always forget the name. That one's built in Nacogdoches, but I can't remember the name of them. And I just don't like their layouts a whole lot. Um, but the other one that uh, is kind of that sweet spot on the quality so you've got you've got the high-end stuff like marathon and you know everybody who builds on the prevo chassis those now start at about two million i mean they're just insane um and then you've got the low end which is everybody else um winnebago all of those and when i say low end now you're talking about you know three hundred and fifty, maybe four hundred thousand for a new forty-five footer. Um, we we went and looked at Tiffin. Tiffin, I think, is probably the only manufacturer left, kind of in that middle, where they're not super high end, but they're not you know dirt cheap, where you got to worry about quality. And so we we may if we decide to upgrade I'm not sure if we're going to i may just redo everything on this one the it, what's really worrying me about mine is now that i have all these miles on it i keep getting all these leaks hoses there's miles and miles oh, okay. and miles of hoses uh coolant hoses yeah, fuel hoses, hoses water yeah. hoses power steering hoses uh hydraulic fluid hoses, hydraulic hoses. I, i've got yeah. all of them and they're all starting to leak and I think that's the weak point in these things. When you get too many miles on them, all these hoses become a problem. So we have to decide, are we just going to put a bunch of money in and upgrade this one? Um, and I've got a trip planned for this fall. So I got to make a decision before we take off because I've got some speaking engagements on the East Coast. And I think we're going to go spend some time in Florida. So I have to decide. I think we're either going to go buy a uh, Tiffin, or we're just going to put a bunch of money into this one. There you have it. So, if the aliens ever do land beside you, they might stick around. The other, yeah, yeah there you go. The other option is I may find, you know, a 2010 country coach with really low miles and upgrade one more time in country coach while I still can. You know, I think hers has only got like 89,000 miles on it. Yeah, so, and that's even kind of yeah. high. I mean, you can still find the 08s and 09s and 2010s with like thirty and 40,000 miles on them. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they've had it for a few months, but um, not so much in the last couple of weeks. But when they first got it, every weekend they were off. They, cause she's self-employed. Oh, yeah. Her and her husband, that's... multiple businesses. So the... 
the sign shop business because of the shortage of employees and all that good stuff. She had to change that store to a four-day-a-week thing, so it's Monday till Thursday. So Thursday night, they've taken off in their RV and go camping and come back uh, Sunday. So. Well, depending yeah. on how they use it, if they like to use it to kind of camp and get away from work and all that other stuff, you know, that's awesome. But if they find that they need good internet or they want to work or um, tell them to look at Starlink, by far one of the best okay. things I've bought for the coach. Starlink is, Elon Musk yeah, well, did it again. It's just an incredible service. Yeah, well, they, she probably, she may already know about that because one, two of the other businesses they have are security businesses. There's a lot of, and 24-7 security (laughs) deal, so I'm guessing she probably has that because she, even if a phone call comes in and she don't recognize it, she answers it because it may be something to do with one of her businesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, tell her if if she hasn't checked out Starlink, she should. It's a great service. Okay. Right. And now, go. Yeah, get you later. Yep, and now they have the uh, the RV mode where you can move around all you want and you still get a good signal. So uh, great for RVs and trucks. Now, I will say it's not quite as convenient because I haven't permanently mounted that satellite on the coach, so I have to get up and put it up on top every time, but um, that's not a big deal. It takes me a couple minutes. All right, it looks like uh, we may have taken care of all of the phone calls here, so I think I'm going to wrap this up for today. Uh, I don't think we have a lot planned this week. Uh, Tomorrow we have the power hour and the pit. I haven't decided on my topic for the pit yet tomorrow. I'm not sure if we have John and Stan or not. Um... Wednesday, I don't think we have any guests on Wednesday. I haven't really, uh, a lot of times over the weekend on Sunday, I kind of lay out my show for the week. I didn't do that this week. So uh, I think it's going to be one of those kind of free for all weeks. I don't think we have a lot going on. That means plenty of time for you to get in each day and get your questions answered. So we will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour and the Pit. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.